When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. What's up, everybody? Welcome into this Tuesday episode of Flippin' Bats. It is Otani Tuesday. This one's going to be a lot of fun this week in Shohei Otani news. The top five players that have been the most impactful since the trade deadline and some fair or foul. This one is going to be a blast. It is showtime. These Tuesday episodes are always a lot of fun. One, because I get to wear a cool Shohei shirt, which I have a, a cornucopia of. But two, because Taylor gets to join me sometimes. And <laughs> Taylor is out here with me today. Taylor? How are you, my friend? I'm great. I'm just glad you got cornucopia into the show today. I try and fit in cornucopia where I can. It is one of my favorite words. Fun fact about the word cornucopia. When I was um, a little guy back in elementary or middle school, I have a very precise memory of I used to do these like we used to have to write. And we used to have to write at like a certain grade level. And you could like, remember like in Word, you could click like, what grade am I writing at? And I used to throw in cornucopia all the time because I thought it would be a word that would help me. <laughs> so like every paper I wrote in middle school had the word cornucopia in it. Yeah, so elevating those book reports, I tell you. That's, that's exactly what was happening, yes. But it is Tuesday, meaning one thing and one thing only. It is time for my favorite segment, this week in Shohei Otani news, the weekend that Shohei just had was unbelievable. I'm going to talk about that. I'm going to talk about how good he has been since he created this new sinker and maybe just maybe something that he's not so good at. And of course, Masa is going to join me for my Japanese word of the day. But let's get to it, talking about Shohei's weekend because it was it was just so on brand for him. Saturday, another great start on the mound. Five innings pitched, one earned run, seven strikeouts against the best team in the American League. And there's really no question about that. In that start, he hit 101.4 miles an hour on the gun, which is the fastest pitch of one, his Major League Baseball career, and two, the fastest strikeout pitch for an Angels pitcher in the pitch tracking era, which started in 2008. Now, I also think it's important to note that this is not the fastest pitch of Shohei's professional career because in Japan, he threw a pitch over 101.4 miles an hour. It was almost 103 miles an hour. But here in Major League Baseball, this was the fastest pitch of his Major League Baseball career. Um... He's been so good against the Houston Astros. The Astros are hands down the best team in the American League. And when Shohei is pitching 
against the best team, he just rises to the occasion every single time. In five starts this year against the Astros, 29 and two-thirds innings pitched, 45 strikeouts, four earned runs, a 1.21 ERA, and a whip of 0.91. Shohei has been dominant against the Astros. Now, he was removed from that game. He went back out for a sixth inning, was removed from that game with a bit of a blister issue. He has a blister on his index finger. It came out, and this is not the first time that Shohei has dealt with blister injuries. In 2018, he dealt with one. In 2021, he dealt with one. Now, in 2018, he left a game in July with a blister on his right middle finger and uh, left that game. He ended up missing a lot of that year afterwards with another injury. But in 2021, blister at the end of spring training caused him to start pitching later, uh, missed a start, and got pushed back. So this isn't the first we've heard of Shohei with this blister injury. So I'm hopeful he's not going to miss much time. He's going to be okay. I think it's a big deal that he caught it when he did and pulled himself out of the game because, you know, it's easy to to think, okay, it's just a blister. When it comes to pitching, blister injuries are so common and so annoying and they can keep you out for a long, long time, really, unless you stay on top of it. So I'm hopeful that him pulling himself out of the game when he did was staying on top of it and that he's going to be fine. He ended up staying in the game and hitting, so let's just hope he doesn't miss too much time on the mound. He stayed in that game, and he also hit on Sunday. And on Sunday, he had another great game. Less than 24 hours after he pitched five dominant innings, striking out seven and giving up only one earned run against the best team in baseball and the best team in the American League, might I add, He does it on the offensive side. In his first at-bat, his 34th home run of the year, ended up hitting a ground rule double after that. We are so lucky to be able to watch Shohei Otani while he's doing what he's doing. I feel blessed to even be alive at the same time that Shohei Otani is playing Major League Baseball. This tweet was great. Show double. Yes, he doubled in that game. He also doubles against the Houston Astros at Minute Maid Park in the third inning. Otani hit home run 34 with his first at bat. A homer, a double. He's hitting everything hard, seemingly, right now. Just the this is the the stereotypical Shoho Shoho Shohei Otani weekend. Pitching one day. Hitting the next day. It's unbelievable. On the mound, I want to talk about his sinker. Because what he has done with this new pitch that he has figured out how to throw in the middle of a season, it's nothing short of remarkable. He did an interview before the year started where he specifically said, I don't have a sinker. I just don't have one. And... He figured what he figured out how to throw one. He's now had a sinker for five five outings. Uh, the video that Pitching Ninja put together, where he faced Clay Holmes throwing 100 mile an hour sinkers, and then looked like he thought, "Hmm, I should figure that out." And then he did figure that out. Since he has 
entered, since he has started throwing that pitch and inserted this sinker into his repertoire, he's had five outings. He's thrown 30 innings. He has a 2.10 ERA, a whip of 1.13 in that time. 31 strikeouts to only eight walks. It's the 10th best ERA in baseball in that span. The number I like to see there is 31 walks, 31 strikeouts to eight walks because when you think about that, when you're just starting to throw this new pitch, it could be easy to not really have a feel for it. And he clearly doesn't have the best feel for that pitch as he does some of his others because it's a work in progress because of course it is. But the fact that those numbers are still what they are, 31 to 8 K per uh, K per walk is a big deal to me. So he threw his sinker 18 times against Houston on Saturday of the 79 pitches he threw. That's 22.7% of the time. He's starting to get more comfortable with it, throwing it more often. At its fastest, Otani's sinker has reached 100.6 miles an hour. At its slowest, it's 94. So that right there is two two pitches in itself. Yes, he has this new, uh, this new sinker. But he can throw it 100, and he can throw it 94, which in itself is impressive. So Shohei continues to impress on the mound, at the plate. We are so lucky to be witnessing what we are while he is doing it. Imagine thinking that somebody that is top five in in all of baseball in home runs and top 10 in ERA Imagine thinking that guy is not the most valuable player. It couldn't be me. I'm not thinking that. And that's no knock on on the other guy that is in the running for American League MVP award. That's Aaron Judge. And any other year besides last year and this year, it's, it's the stereotypical perfect MVP season, what Aaron Judge is doing. No doubt about that. And I hope he continues to do it. And I hope he continues and breaks the record. But Shohei Otani has the second most home runs in the American League. Top five in all of baseball. And top 10 ERA in all of baseball. It is remarkable what we are seeing. And Ken Rosenthal, our own Ken Rosenthal and friend of the pod, Ken Rosenthal, said on the Fox broadcast the other night, It is a miracle what Shohei Otani is doing. It's a miracle season. And he has done it now twice in a row. Twice in a row. I tweeted about that. I said, Ken knows. Judge is having the epitome of an MVP season. It's absolutely incredible. But it's a miracle what Shohei Otani is doing. What is not a miracle is something that Shohei is not good at. And this video has resurfaced. It is from him golfing years ago, but it took the, it took social media by storm this week and his golf skills are not the best when he is the best at literally everything else. This video of him golfing is just perfect. Now he's younger here. Um, I think this is either his first time or one of his first times ever golfing. So just the timing of this coming out is funny. But after seeing this video, no matter when that was, I doubt he's a scratch golfer at this point. (laughs) But him driving the golf cart, him golfing right-handed, it's all so funny. He's a left-handed batter that is golfing right-handed. I tweeted two takeaways here. One, 
Shohei Otani golfs right-handed. Two, Shohei Otani is not good at golf. And that appears to be the first thing we have ever seen that Shohei isn't great at, and it is golf. All right, and to round out this week in Otani news, as I promised you all, I am going to be continuing the Japanese word of the day as I was doing in Japan. So I'm bringing back on my friend and translator extraordinaire, Masa, to teach me today's Japanese word of the day. Masa, how are you, my friend? I'm good. How are you? Doing all right? I'm doing fantastic, and I'm doing even better now that you are back on the show. You're a vital part of this. I've missed you. So, Masa, what is today's word of the day? Okay, today's word is senpatsu. 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 Okay, what does that mean? It's a starting picture. Okay. Senpatsu. Mm-hmm. Starting pitcher. Okay. I like that. Sampatsu, starting pitcher. So yep. I will go through a few of them that I, I haven't been I haven't been um expanding my horizons yet, but I do still remember most of the ones we've done. Um Kanzenjia, right. right? Perfect game. Uh Daida, um Sanshin, Nitoriu. Um let's see. Baseball. Why can't uh, why can't I think of baseball? That's the easiest one. Um, <laughs> baseball is what is it? Start, start with why? Why? Yakyu, yakyu. Yeah, yeah. Baseball is yakyu. Nito ryu. Daida. I I feel like I did pretty good there. Now sanpatsu. Sanpatsu. Which is starting pitcher. All right, perfect. Masa, thank you so yeah. much, my friend. We need you next time you're down here. And in LA, we got to get you back in studio. All right. All right. All right, man. All right. Perfect. Thank you for joining me. And that does it for this week's This Week in Shohei Otani News. All right. So now, well, first off, Taylor, I would like to ask you if you can say today's Japanese word of the day Sanpatsu. And what does that mean? A starting pitcher. Very I don't know good. if I butchered that. It sounded like it, but, you know, just Very give your good. best effort. How much have you learned throughout? What does yaku mean? Baseball. Yep. It's the only one I'll ask you. Thank God. <laughs> <laughs> I had a feeling. Your your Japanese uh, is a work in progress. Yeah. Some would say it is a little foul, mm. which leads well into this next segment, fair or foul, where I think you have some stuff to give me, and I'm going to say whether I think it's fair or foul. Let's start with Taylor's Japanese foul. What do we got next? All right, so the AL Central is getting interesting. Mm-hmm. The White Sox are playing good baseball, I guess, now. Mm-hmm. Twins are hanging around, but the Guardians still lead the division. So, fair or foul, Guardians will win the AL Central. I am going to say that is fair. I think they hold on. Um, A big reason for that is last week on this show, I was down on the White Sox and went off on my disappointment in them. So I'm not yet ready to turn it around and say, I'm a believer in them four days later. They have a lot to prove. And one of those things to prove, whether we like it or not, is when Tony La Russa comes back, how are they going to play for him? Because their season 
has been just this even keel of 500 or less ball all year long. And then Tony La Russa uh, has to miss some time. And they play good baseball. And now he's going to come back seemingly, um, which I hope I hope Tony La Russa is okay. But are the White Sox going to continue playing as well as they have been with him leading the way? Now, that's not like a Tony La Russa comes along and the team's going to stop hitting. But, I mean, the the proof is in the pudding here. So I, I am going to say that the Guardians hold on, and it is fair to say that they will win the AL Central. Yeah, it's going to be interesting. I have no idea how this is going to play out, but we'll see what happens. But moving on, uh, confirmed on Twitter, uh, Jerry Seinfeld hates fun, allegedly. Mm. Uh, he took to Twitter to blame the Mets' slide on the in-game performance of Timmy Trumpet. And by slide, that just means the Braves caught up to them. Uh, so fair or foul, Timmy Trumpet is to blame for the Mets' recent slide. <laughs> First, let me let, let me read these tweets to everyone. Thank you to the to the director and the entire team back in the control room getting this up in the wall right now so I can read to it. Jerry Fine <laughs> Jerry Seinfeld. It looks like this is an Instagram comment said, I blame that stupid trumpet performance celebrating in season. We haven't won anything yet. Bad mojo. He also said, same as when Baja men showed up to play who let the dogs out in the 2000 world series series ended right there. So what the question here is fair or his comments are fair or foul? If if Timmy Trumpet is to blame for the Mets' recent slide. First off, that's that's foul. Because they're not even really sliding. They're playing above 500 ball since Timmy Trumpet came and played masterfully narco in front of thousands of people and so the world could watch their favorite closer with their favorite walkout entrance. They could see it all happen live. They've been fine since then. They won the first, they won that game that he played. They won the next game, both against the Dodgers, winning the series against the Dodgers, and then won the following game. So they had a couple of games in there where they weren't great. But since Timmy Trumpet has played at the Mets stadium in Queens in front of everybody, the Mets are over 500, and they've been just fine. So these comments and... Timmy Trumpet's performance causing a downslide are foul solely because of they've been playing fine. I want more of that. We need more Timmy Trumpet, not less. I blame that stupid Trumpet performance. <laughs> what a great line. In case people are forgetting, baseball is fun. It's a fun game. Baseball is fun. Yeah. That, that's a fun comment, though. I, yeah, yeah. I like that. Jerry Seinfeld should think about getting into comedy or something. Yeah. So moving on to some St. Louis Cardinals legends, mm-hmm. uh, Yadier Molina and Adam Wainwright are currently ta- uh, currently tied for first in most starts as a battery, which is now they're at 324. Their next start, they will set the record for most starts as a battery at 325. Mm. So fair foul, their mark when they set it for most starts as a battery all time won't be broken. Oh, great question. So Yadi Molina and Adam Wainwright are now at 324 games where Wainwright is pitching to Molina. 
next start breaks the record. Yachty and Wainwright's record won't be broken. Um, I'm actually not sure of who's in second. Do you happen to know that? I have no idea. I honestly couldn't name a, probably a battery that's been together longer than three years, maybe. <laughs> that's a good point. Um, so I, I, I really think Yachty and Wainwright's record won't be broken. I think that's fair. I don't think we see it happen just because one, these two guys, no offense, are so old. <laughs> They're older guys. We don't see many careers go this long and we do not see players play for the same team for their entire career very often either. So I think it's fair to say um, that we don't see this again. I'll, I'll, I'll put a cap on it in my lifetime. Well, we don't really know what that cap is. Hopefully it's a long, a high cap. <laughs> um, I don't think we see this again in my lifetime. I don't think we see this for a long, long, long time. This is a remarkable record when you think of it. Both of these guys in their 40s have played for the Cardinals their whole career, 324 games, coming up on the record of 325. Remarkable. I'm going to say it's fair this record won't be broken. What do you think? I don't think it will either. Yeah. I, a lot of pitchers have, like, personal catchers. Darvish had one, but a lot of those guys usually don't hit as well as Yachty, mm -hmm. let alone play that long. So, I honestly, I think it's a record that probably won't even come close to being touched. Yeah. While we while we continue with this fair or foul, can can somebody in the control room help me with who is in second place? Like who is the next closest behind them? I think that would be fascinating. It might be too hard to find out, but let's see. Yeah, I honestly don't even know. But from one record to another record that might not be broken, mm -hmm. uh, Zach Gallen, his scoreless streak ended Sunday at mm -hmm. forty four and a third, good for seventh all time. Uh, so fair or foul. Uh, Oral Hershiser's record for consecutive scoreless innings will not be broken. This is good. So Zach Gallon one, needs to be talked about more. And if he was on any other team other than the Diamondbacks, this would have... He is seven, the seventh longest scoreless streak of all time. And with him throwing... A, a, him getting through the first inning in his outing on Sunday, he broke the all-time Diamondbacks franchise record, which not sure if you've heard, but the Diamondbacks have had a few really good pitchers in their franchise history. Randy Johnson, Kurt Schilling, Brandon Webb had that record. Um, so Oral Hershiser's record is at 59. Hershiser's inning record won't be broken. So just to clarify here, this is fair or foul that the record will not be broken. Yeah. I'm going to say that's foul. I think this gets broken at some This doesn't feel like one of the untouchable records in baseball. This doesn't feel like the Cal Ripken Jr. record of consecutive games played. This doesn't feel like the untouchable like Cy Young number of wins number of losses and <laughs> all those Cy Young awards are great. This feels breakable not to take anything away from it. I mean, 59 consecutive innings without giving up a run is truly mind blowing. 
I just think it gets broken. I, I, I don't know. I could be off there. What do you think about this one? I, I, I think it can get broken. I mean, I think number four all time is Zach Greinke, and that's, you know, within the last 10 years. So yeah. it's definitely something that's attainable. Yeah. Right. Will it? I, I don't know. But it just it feels yeah. it's not one of those like, that's yeah, never going to get touched thing. It could happen. So for that reason, I'll say foul. Yeah. All right. So currently, Pete Alonzo and Paul Goldschmidt are tied atop the NL for the lead in RBIs. Okay. So fair or foul, Pete Alonzo will come away with the mm. NL RBI crown at the end of the season. I do not mistake this pause for me not knowing what I want to answer. Some some might think that. I am confident in saying that this is fair. Pete Alonzo will win the NL RBI crown. Um yeah. I just I I just think that happens. He is there was a, for a while there early in the year where he was killing it, slowed a little bit, but has been good of late. Drives in a bunch of runs. A lot of guys get on base. We're looking at two really good teams. So you know, take that kind of out of the equation of who you know. It's it's not like one of these guys is playing for the Nationals and there there's no way they're going to score enough. Both of these guys are having a great year. Goldschmidt is well on his way. I think well. I I think Goldschmidt's going to win the NL um, MVP award, but I think Pete Alonso ends up driving in more runs. So my answer is that this is fair. Pete Alonso wins the NL RBI crown. I'll take that. Uh, control room got back to me. Uh, it roughly takes 10 years to get 200 starts together. Uh, I believe uh, mm. Cole Hamels and, and Carlos Ruiz was the last. <laughs> So the last battery to do it. The so last battery to get 200 yeah. was Cole Hamels and Carlos Ruiz. So I feel even better about my answer that we don't see that in my lifetime. And I plan on living to 150. So I feel very confident in saying that we're not going to see that again. Um, that is remarkable. I'm glad we thank you guys for figuring that out. That feels like great context to the answer to our question jeez so that was it for fair foul but uh the trade deadline we kind of did an immediate response to winners and losers of mm -hmm. that so now for your top five we're gonna we're gonna take another look at that deadline and see who these most impactful players are after that deadline yeah so i'm gonna head on over here to the wall i believe and we're gonna do top five most impactful players since the deadline now you'll remember this taylor um the the winners of the trade deadline for me were the San Diego Padres. And the reason for that is because they got Juan Soto. Now, let's see if Juan Soto, now that he's been a Padre for over a month, is at the top of the list for this top five most impactful deadline moves. Now, this is going to be fun because this is guys that have had an impact on the team, okay, and how the team is doing. Everything's taken into account here. So, this is a good timing to do this. Let's start at number five, top five most impactful trade deadline moves. David Robertson getting picked up by the Phillies. They desperately needed somebody at the back end of that bullpen. He has an ERA under two with the Phillies, getting a few saves in there. So they needed him, they got him, and their team has been really good since the trade deadline as well. So David Robertson comes in at number five. 
Moving on to number four, I have Joey Gallo. Now hear me out. Joey Gallo has been better with the Dodgers. There's no doubt about that, and there was really only one direction for him to go, but he has been better with the Dodgers. The Dodgers have been fantastic since he stepped on the field for them, and he's impacted two teams because the Yankees, since the day they got rid of Joey Gallo, have not been a good baseball team. So Joey Gallo has to be on here because of his impact on two teams. He has been better, he's had some big hits for the Dodgers, and he has been good, um, good for the team. They were great before he got there, obviously, but were really great and didn't lose for a while once he got there. And then... Getting ready to take on spring? Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel tools. From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more, right now you can save $20 on the steel MS-162 or MS-170 chainsaw. Real steel. Offer valid through June 30th, 2024. See participating retailer for details. How, how bad the Yankees have been since he left as well. So he's on my list at number four most impactful. Number three on my list. This is where Juan Soto comes in. So he will not be the most impactful on this list. Juan Soto is hitting under 230 for the Padres since his arrival there. Uh, this was the biggest trade, one of the biggest trades in the history of Major League Baseball when it went down. But he, he has not been bad. For the Padres. He gets on base a lot. He walks a ton. His OPS is pretty good because he's getting on base a ton. So is this the is this the Juan Soto that the Padres were hoping for and expected? Absolutely not. But they have gotten a guy that gets on base. He's hitting balls hard. He's not hitting for power yet there, but he has been impactful for this team that they need to figure it out and turn it around. But Juan Soto comes in at number three. Let's move on. To number two, Luis Castillo. Luis Castillo has been so good for the Mariners. He's come over. He's been 2-1. and one. He's got an ERA around two. This team is the real deal. The Mariners are going to be a problem for anybody that they play when they get into the playoffs. And the reason now is because they took a massive step with their rotation by getting Luis Castillo. He has come over and he was that perfect piece to plug into the rotation. He was the best piece on the market when it comes to starting pitchers. And the Mariners got him. And it has been well worth it for them. And he comes in at number two on my list. Let's move on to the final guy and the top most impactful player since the deadline, Jordan Montgomery. Jordan Montgomery, 5-0. and as a member of the St. Louis Cardinals, a minuscule ERA and whip. I mean, how can you do better than 5-0? He was probably the most shocking trade. They came together right at the deadline. The Yankees appeared to be doing great things. They got better at the trade deadline, it seemed. And then guess what? Right at the last second, uh, Jordan Montgomery to the Cardinals for Harrison Bader. What? Well, that seemed a little shocking, and it has turned out to be probably even more shocking than we could have imagined because Jordan Montgomery has been close to perfect for the Cardinals. That's how good he's been for a team that was already hitting well. 
And if you looked at them on a piece of paper, you said, this team just needs starting pitching. And they went out and got it. They went out and got Jordan Montgomery. He has been the perfect piece for that rotation. And he rounds out this list of the top five most impactful trade deadline moves. David Robertson at number five. Joey Gallo at number four for what he has meant to the Dodgers and the Yankees. Juan Soto at number three. Luis Castillo at number two. And Jordan Montgomery rounds out this list at number one. But that does it for this Tuesday episode of Flippin' Bats. I hope you all have enjoyed this. This one is a lot of fun, as always. This week in Otani News, a top five list and fair or foul with my friend Taylor. Is he a friend of mine? Well, that is fair to say. Taylor, thank you for joining me, my friend. Thank you all for listening. This one has been a lot of fun. Make sure you subscribe wherever you're listening to your podcast. Uh, Apple, Spotify, wherever it may be. Follow us on all social media as well. Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, TikTok, and you can watch every episode on YouTube as well at Flippin' Bats Pod. Thank you all. This one has been a blast. Until tomorrow, I will see you next time.